Turn your Bible to Romans chapter 8 for a moment, please. Romans chapter 8. A few weeks ago, we studied this chapter just in outline form, and we mentioned some tremendous truths from the 8th chapter of Romans, and these are the blessed assurances of a Christian. No condemnation, no alienation, no disintegration, no isolation, no miscalculation, no accusation, no separation. Those are all the wonderful confidences that believers can have in Christ. I want to single out one of them beginning in verse 26. No isolation. You know, it's awful to be isolated from someone. Uh, sometimes that happens because of the travel of distance. Uh, sometimes it happens because of death. You're isolated from somebody you've depended on all your life or you've known and loved as a husband or wife or a son or a daughter and you feel a bit isolated from them. Well, in Christ, there's no isolation. If you're a Christian, your loved one is under the same banner of the love of God that you're under here. For example, when we were in Mexico, deep in South Mexico, in the mountains, we saw a beautiful moon. And I thought to myself, that same moon we're seeing, the people back in Bowling Green are seeing the same moon. If it isn't storming there, they can see the same moon. We're all under the banner of the love of God. No matter where you are, God will take care of you. And the song that we sang a few moments ago, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. We received prayer lists from Takamana in Japan. With the modern means of email, they can send that to us. I don't know how fast it travels. Some of you who know those kind of statistics know about that. <clears throat> but they can send it in their computer <coughs> and in just a few seconds we receive it here. And they've listed somebody to pray for every day of the month. They're praying, people in Australia are praying, people in Europe are praying, people in Africa are praying. They all pray for the same person every day. And it's because of the modern means of email. Now, you know, when we get to heaven, you ever thought we're going to travel at the speed of thought? That's how prayer travels. Prayer travels at the speed of thought. You can just immediately turn your thoughts to somebody in some far distant city and connect them with God. Just like email, just like a telephone call. It goes up and down spiritually. I started to say electronically because God's in charge of electricity too, but it's spiritually. God takes care of it. Now, by the same token, 
He can speak to our hearts about prayer. Probably the greatest force in the universe is prayer. And yet we do so little of it. Isn't that amazing? God has given us a blank check written in, in easy to read uh, uh, writing is whatsoever you ask in my name you'll receive. And Jesus signs his name to that check. And then we fret and toss and worry and get concerned and wonder where is our next paycheck coming from? How are we going to live? How are we going to eat? How are we going to get clothed? How are we going to pay our house rent? And on and on and on we go. Well look, in Romans 8, beginning in verse 26, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. How many of you would have to say you've gotten to a point in life sometimes when you don't really know what to pray? The words don't even come. You just know you need to talk to God and you don't have the words to say it to Him. And so you just present yourself to Him. A lot of times praying is not words, it's presence. You come into His presence with singing with adoration. And one of the reasons we sing a lot at church, and some people wonder about that, they don't like to sing. You're going to have a hard time in heaven because we sing there. And everybody doesn't have the same kind of voice. Uh, there are some people who can sing like Eric and Chastity just did, or like Stephen Stussy sings, and like some of the others of you sing. And, and always a blessing. And others of us just croak. <laughs> but God doesn't measure the value of our prayer by how pretty the words are. When I first came to Bowling Green, we were having a meeting of some type here at the church. And I asked somebody to pray. I was naive. I thought everybody would pray. And this guy said, please excuse me. I went to him later and said, why would you want to be excused from praying? Well, he said, I don't know what to say. Well, I said, don't you pray sometimes? Well, yeah, but I don't pray in public. Well, I said, well, what, what do you pray? Well, I just tell him what's on my heart. I said, that's what prayer is. You don't have to have pretty words. You don't have to say, our Father, we love you. You're the God of the highest and the God of the most and on and on and on and on. You don't have to pretend like that. Just pray, Lord, I have a need. My body's not well. My friend has a need. He has needs some financial help. And Lord, I can't pay my bill. Or Lord, I don't know what this, how to make this decision. I don't know whether to go this way or this way. I don't know which job to take. I don't know what to do. God knows what we need. And he waits for us to just whisper to him. And sometimes we can't even whisper to him. We can't even say it in words. And so we just come before him. And this scripture says, this is beautiful, one of the most powerful passages in the entire Bible. He says, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself 
maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now I've heard some people use this to explain speaking in tongues. Why well, they say, look here, it says here, uh, groanings and utterings that cannot be uttered, uh, that's tongues. You may not understand what you're saying. But if they look at it more closely, it says groanings and utterings which cannot be uttered. So it couldn't be tongues. This verse isn't talking about talking in tongues. It's talking about to the point where we get to a point where we don't know how to pray as well to pray. And we just get before God and say, Lord, I have a need. I don't even know how to express my need. I'm depressed. I'm hurt. I'm defeated. I'm discouraged. Uh, I, I have these burdens, these heartaches, these hurts, and I don't know what to do about them. I'm worried about this and this and this. And Lord, all I do is just wait before you. God honors those that wait before Him. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now every one of us can get to a point where we say, Lord, I have a need. I don't even know how to express it. And immediately when the Lord God who lives in our hearts through the Holy Spirit recognizes the earnestness and sincerity of our heart. He begins to tell those things to God in words that cannot be uttered. Expressions that could never be put in words. God takes our heart and opens it before God. Isn't that true? Isn't that wonderful? I thank God for that. Now look at the next one. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You just think of that. The Holy Spirit is in our heart, and Jesus is in heaven. And the Holy Spirit whispers these things to our heavenly advocate. The advocate goes before God and tells him all about it. You say, I don't understand that. Neither do I. Do you understand electricity? Do you understand how Aretha could get over here a while ago and punch a note on the organ but some pretty sound comes out? I don't understand that. When I was a boy in Louisville at Walnut Street Church, they had a man named Mr. Money who rang the bells in the belfry of that great tower. And I'd go up there, some of the others of us go up there and watch him, and he'd pull this one and this one and this one, and he'd play hymns, and he'd play the bells like that, like our kids do when they play the bells over here, only they had to do it real hard, and those bells in the belfry were all tuned up, and they'd play different notes. I said to him one day, Mr. Money, how do you know which note to play to get him to sound like hymns. Well, he said, you play this note, and this note, and this note. He pointed out all those things. But you see, he had, to have, he had to have the confidence to believe that he was pulling the right lever. And it was hard. It was hard. I tried to pull when I and man, it was hard to pull. Now, all you do is go over and touch the organ. You just play a little note. But you have to know how to do it. 
Now, sometimes we do not know how to touch the notes of God, but the Holy Spirit does. He knows how to do it. He knows what our need is. He knows how to take it directly to God. And God knows how to answer it. Even when our prayers are not made in words. Isn't that wonderful? Now, understanding that, why don't we pray? I was asking some kids at Bible school who said they've been saved and they haven't been baptized. I'd say, what are the reasons why a person wouldn't want to be baptized? And they listened and they thought and they thought. And one girl said, well, I just don't want to. I said, well, what does that say about you or God? She thought a minute. She said, I guess it says something about me. Yeah. Suppose your mother told you to take the, uh, go wash the dishes. And you said, I don't want to. What would you be? She said, I'd be disobedient. I said, that's what happens when you are saved and you say, I don't want to be baptized. You're disobedient. Baptism has never saved anybody. But it's the public picture of something that's happened in your heart. It says to everybody, Jesus has come into my heart to live there. And I love him and I want to serve him. Now that's what prayer is. Prayer is coming to God with the heartaches and the hurts and the praise. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then several verses later, give us this day our daily bread. The petition comes. But we praise the Lord. And when we go to church, we sing a lot. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? Did you sue for loving favor in his name today? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief. See all those great truths, those great poems, those great expressions are expressions of somebody's heart to God and we tune into them and take them and make them our words so when you sing don't say I don't know why they sing so much the problem is not with our singings with you <laughs> you need to sing unto the Lord a new song we can carry a tune or not you just do it anyway for example when I was a boy we had to milk cows now some of you know how to milk cows I'd go out with an empty bucket and sometimes come back with an empty bucket. I couldn't get that cow to give milk. And I'd try and try. Finally, I learned how to do it a little bit and so on. But, you know, the problem was not the cow. The cow had plenty of milk. The problem was I didn't do it right. Or I didn't know how to do it right. Now, that's where the prayer Sometimes we say we don't pray because we don't know how. What do you not know how to do? Right now, I could call any person in this auditorium to pray, and you ought to pray. Don't ever say, I pray you have me excused. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. That's like saying to your wife, she says, do you love me, honey? You say, I told you that 20 years ago. Why you ask? When 
you love the Lord, you'll tell me. And that's what we do when we sing. And when you pray, if you can't think of words to say, just say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you that I have a place to kneel and pray. And the longer you wait before the Lord, the more you're going to have to be able to talk to Him about it. Now, the words may not come. Don't worry about it. The other day in our Bible, in our Sunday school class here, I called on one of our young men to pray. He had never prayed in public before. Uh, and scared him to death. But he did it. And later, he said, thank you for asking me. I've never done that before. Now, there was no reason to be afraid to pray. The words don't always come. When that young man prayed, he said, Dear God, there was a long silence. God was watching. God was listening. Every one of us in the auditorium was praying. And then he thought of some other words. And then he said, Amen. That was good praying. You know, I like to hear new converts pray because they don't know any pretty words to say. They just talk to the Lord out of their heart. And when we pray, remember, God is listening. So whatever's on your heart tonight, tell the Lord about it. Ask God to help you with it. And He'll do it. Now one of the great reasons for prayer is to see people come to Jesus. You know, we may not pray people into the kingdom, but we can pray ourselves into a situation where we'll go after them. I don't believe you can continually pray for your son or daughter to be saved and never do anything about it. I think God will lead you to do something about it. So when you pray for somebody over on Rose Long Way or over on Ridgecrest or over on Woodford Street or over on the bypass and you pray for that person, God's going to do something in your heart to get you in touch with him. Frank Lubbock was a great prayer specialist. He wrote a book called The Mightiest Force in the Universe. He told about an experience, experiment he made in New York. He got on a bus and he said, I'm going to pray for people on this bus and ask God to touch their hearts so that I can speak to them. And so he'd get on the bus and sit somewhere and focus on somebody to start praying for them. He said, invariably, that person's eyes met his eyes. And God gave him a liberty to give him a gospel track. And he spoke to him about Jesus. Prayer works. And we don't know how to pray as well to pray. Don't worry about it. Just go on praying. And God will bless. Let's stand, please. Are you glad you were here tonight? God bless you. I think we had a good time. I love this passage of Scripture. And sometimes the greatest thing we can do is meet and just pray. So... Let's join hands across the auditorium.
in this closing time, let me ask you this. Are you here tonight and you're not sure you're saved? Why not just right now say, Lord, I need you as my Savior. I need you. I want you as my Savior. Would you say it to me? If you're here tonight and you're troubled about some particular thing that's on your heart, talk to God about it. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Our Father, we're joined together tonight with our hands. A whole auditorium of people. We bring our burdens to Thee and cast them at Your feet. We ask You to lead us out of here with hearts that are pure before You, burdens that are left in Your hands that we don't know how to handle, Give us joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now drop hands for a moment. I want to ask that we sing in a moment that song till the whole world knows. We learned it a while ago. I want to ask us to sing it. If you're here tonight and there's some special burden on your heart, you need to come and just present it to the Lord. Do that. Maybe you can kneel at the altar. Or I'll be down at the front if you'd like to say something to me. But talk to the Lord about it. And if you're here and you're not saved, I plead with you to come to Christ.